Sermon Underwear, a podcast where we look at the stories, situations, and conversations that lead up to the sermons preached here at First Lutheran. This is Pastor Brian. This is Pastor Perry. This is Father Tom. So today, uh, we're going to start out in Mark chapter 13, um, starting with verses 1 through 8. As he, Jesus, came out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what large stones and what large buildings. Then Jesus asked him, Do you see these great buildings? Not one stone will be left here upon another. All will be thrown down. When he was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us when this will be, and what will be the sign that all these things are about to be accomplished? Then Jesus began to say to them, Beware that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name and say, I am he and they will lead many astray. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place. But the end is still to come, for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. But this is the beginning of the birth pangs. But in those days, after that suffering, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will be falling from heaven and the powers of the heaven will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out, his, send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds and from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree you learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about the day or hour, no one knows, neither angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware. Keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey. When he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or at cockcrow, or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes, suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. All right. Well, again, as you heard in the introduction, we've got Father Tom Early from St. Albans and Spirit Lake joining us today and uh, had the privilege of having him with us in our worship service this last weekend as well. And so uh, thanks for joining us today, Tom. Thank you. So a couple things. uh, I want to bring up one. We are actually following, this is uh, the narrative lectionary for this week, so um, I, I didn't choose for us to talk about apocalypse in our present circumstances, but uh, so things go sometimes with, with the lectionary. I couldn't help but hearing, uh, for nations will rise against nations and kingdom against kingdom. There'll be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines, and I wanted to add, and there'll be epidemics, but this is the beginning of the birth pangs. 
Um, so what are some of the things that, that stood out to you guys in this text as we were reading it through here? I think what, what strikes me, um, again, is the, kind of what you just read that part there. When you hear wars, rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is still to come. So my grandmother um, always, when I was, I suppose, uh, in high school, I would go to her place and I would find these magazines that would talk about the end of times. And it was some, some um, magazine that she'd buy that would talk about, oh, look here, this, you know, is happening and this fits this prophecy and the end is coming and we're done, you know. And, uh, well, we're still here. Um, and they sold magazines. Um, <laughs> and, and it's, uh, you know, the end of times is something that a lot of people sell. And, and to profit from. And it says that nobody knows, not even the angels know, when that time is coming. And so to think that we have a handle on it, good luck. Because <laughs> the angels don't know, and if the angels don't know, or if Jesus doesn't even know, I guess I'm not going to worry about that. Yeah, I had, a, I had a message from a parishioner who was doing some of these... Um, some of these proof kind of formulas that were from your grandmother's magazines. And he said, should I be worried, Rev? And I said, I think God's going to be far more sneaky and <laughs> subtle when the, when the end comes. And that's, and that's backed up right here in these texts. So I guess, you know, we're almost, it's, it's, it kind of seems even far less likely that the world is going to end, but um, we sort of have these, these birth. I mean, I love that image, you know, Jesus and Paul both use these images uh, or this metaphor of, of birth pangs, right? You know, mm -hmm. the, Paul talks about the groaning of creation or the birth, the, the birth groans of creation. And, and we're, you know, we're all sort of getting in touch with those groans now. And um, maybe they're getting loud enough for us to hear. And I see that as a good thing. You know, they, it's always been groaning, but we've gotten pretty good at not at not hearing it. And I think, you know, if there's a maybe a grace from these times, maybe we'll be maybe we'll have ears to hear, as Jesus likes to say, the groaning that's been going. Yeah, that's interesting that you bring up about the ears to hear. You know, I've been thinking in the last couple of weeks. Well, I was actually thinking about the movie um, Onward, took the kids to see the Disney, Disney movie Onward, which I've learned in light of present circumstances will be coming to Disney Plus very soon because it didn't get to enjoy its long stay in the theaters. So check it out if you haven't already, but that's a great movie um, that sets up the main character to hear and see the circumstances in a new way or in a new light because of um, what's going on in the story there. So that's uh, a great one for your kids to help set this idea up. Of, but, but I like what you said there, Tom, about how our present circumstances have, uh, what shall I say, set our ears on edge to be eager to hear this good news or to hear it in a new way that we haven't before. I like the transition that comes right off the bat in this story. As Jesus was coming out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what large stones and what large buildings. And as if to say, wow, just uh, look at the wonder of this place that we're in. And, and isn't it amazing all that's been done here um, and uh, all this wonderful stuff? Just look at everything going on around us. And then it's almost as if Jesus turns around there and says, don't trust your eyes. Don't don't trust your eyes. Do you see these great buildings? 
Uh, don't trust your eyes. Not one stone will be left here upon another. All will be thrown down, which at that present moment, they were probably saying, well, they were saying, <laughs> tell us what you're talking about. When, when is this going to happen? Um, they're not able to hear at this point in the story what Jesus has to say, but there will come a point where um, what he has said here suddenly comes into sharp view, or shall I say sharp listening, as we're talking about ears and um, about words later on here in the text. Right. You could almost make a modern-day correlation of that and have people saying, wow, look at what large gains we're getting in the stock market. Wow, this is so amazing. Look at this. Look at this great economy. Nothing can take this down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boom. Yeah. I can't help but think, too, as I, as I see that these apostles sort of reveling in the beauty of the temple, how we are all sort of displaced from our temples, mm-hmm. right? And how we think mm-hmm. about when Jesus sort of calls the shot of um, the destruction of the temple, you know, how that opened up so much, how we have access to God outside of a physical place and how that was really bad news initially. That was, uh, that was, yeah. that was, what do you mean that, you know, it was a, it was a sort mm-hmm. of a, a world ending event cataclysmic, you know? Um, but then it's good news for us that we are able to make our sacrifices of praise and thanksgiving and um, with, with still longing to come to a, a temple of some kind as well. But I just, I did, until you said that, Brian, I didn't, I did, that hadn't, that stuck out to me there. Yeah, that's, that's a great, great analogy for today. Because again, it would be like, what do you mean? We're not going to worship in, in our sanctuaries. Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of my drive to work this morning. I was listening to NPR and again, listening to everything going on around and kind of the comment you had made there too, Perry. I was just realizing uh, what what we thought, you know, and, and it, we have been wonderfully and richly blessed, but what we thought was so powerful and amazing, I'm suddenly realizing how fragile it all is um, mm. and, and all these things that uh, perhaps in one way or another we've put our trust in. And that, that takes me to later the, the lesson of the fig tree here uh, where Jesus says again, truly I tell you this generation will not pass away until these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. And it's, it's so it's again very much feels like being set up for all those things that you thought you could trust in and rely on to be there all the time um your your trust in those things will be shaken mm-hmm. the only thing that you you are going to be able to trust and rely on is my word um and that that that's a twofold story there i mean one the story and situation we find ourselves in right now so deeply needing something that we can trust is is not going to change because everything else around us is shifting and changing and being shaken um and then to lay that alongside the story too and in the gospel of these disciples so here's where this story is happening and it fits nicely into our church season too this is the last uh sunday before next sunday is palm sunday and then the Sunday thereafter is, is Easter Sunday. And so as you look at this story, you've got the disciples in this circumstance in the course of, of Holy Week where they're looking at Jesus and saying, yes, this is the Messiah. He is a <laughs> rock star. And man, right. the things he is going to do, he's going to change things. And 
whoo, we are on a power trip here. And then to see in the course of that week, their whole concept of who he is uh, shaken and mm-hmm. fall apart. And finally, the only thing that the, they can trust is what he's been trying to tell them all along. You know, and I imagine his frustration of trying to tell them, hey, I said, I'm going to die. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll be raised from the dead. Um, and that's that's the promise that by the time we get to the end of of Mark's gospel, and I've got to ask you about this again, Perry, because I always forget what he says there, but does it, it ends, maybe you can help me here too, Tom, with the angel telling them, go and tell Peter uh, that Jesus uh, will meet you. Meet you in Galilee. Yeah. And, uh, and <clears throat> when Jesus is going out to the, Jesus and the disciples going out to the Garden of Gethsemane, um, he says to them, um, you know, I tell you that the, the shepherd will be, or the, sheep will be scattered, um, but again, after I've been raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. And so three days earlier, he tells the disciples that he's going to meet him in Galilee. Um, and then the angels tell the disciples, he said, meet you in Galilee. His words did not pass away. Right. You know, and as, as you were talking about, about that, you know, all of these things are going away or, you know, are changing. But again, my words will not pass away. And I think as we think about through the ages, 2,000 plus years or 2,000-ish years, um, all of the calamities, all of the famines and wars and pestilence and struggles that people have had, his words are still here today. Uh, and what a what a comfort that is for me, um, because it says it's not about me. It's reminding people about the word, about what Christ did, and that Christ is going to make sure that his words won't pass away. Uh, and, it, and for me, as you read that, it made a, a great sense of comfort came came to me in that in that moment. I think as we I think as we sit on this side of Easter, um, it's easy for us. You know, we sort of I mean, as as liturgical calendar Christians who are in the seasons, um, there's a we might forget this whole idea of the ascension and Jesus is in all things and fulfills all things. And I think that in during these times, um, to to both of your points. It's important, you know, as we look at, as I look at this last little, little section here about watchfulness, I think that there's going to be a lot of things begging for our attention as we are, <laughs> as we sort of, uh, <laughs> I can affirm I'm there. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. And I, and, but, you know, Christ calls us to this kind of vigilance. And I think as we, as we sort of settle in for what could be a long time of this, of this season of vigilance. I, I just think it's important to, yes, there's going to be things that are scary. I think that there are a lot of things that are scary and it's okay to be scared by them and take them seriously. But maybe there's just not as much money to be made or, or not as much uh, uh, TV to be made by the things that give us hope, by these little places where the resurrected Christ is appearing to us in these uh, in these signs and in these graces, and I think um, it's 
so important for us to to be vigilant and look for where Jesus is among us now. And I know we haven't had Holy Week, and but I'm more, I I kind of need an early Easter a little bit. You know, I kind of yeah. need to see some some resurrection joy breaking in. And we're promised, I think, in this passage, if we're vigilant. If we have, you know, we've talked about ears to hear. If we have eyes to see, we will. We're promised. If we look, we'll find him. If we, you know, we knock on the door, it'll be opened unto us. And so, yeah. I just that that that's what I that last little section there. Yeah, I think there's some real good gospel news in that end there too. I mean, again, back to how you look at things, or depending on how you look at things, if this world is about uh, being in our hands and the things that we trust in, um, then it's a rather frightening prospect. But I, this last parable, there's, there's really good news here too. It's like a man going on a journey when he leaves home, puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in evening, midnight, or at or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. What I hear in that the master of the house, you know, that it's, uh, we're in God's house here. And when we look at it as this is our house and all these things that I feel like I've built up or these assets or these things that I trust in, when I look at that and see it's falling apart, that's quite a frightful prospect. But when I look at it as this is God's house and he's going <laughs> to take care of his house that he's asked me to come and stay in, mm. then yes, I'm eagerly saying, please, master, um, I've had a bit of a party here, and the place seems to be burning down. Will you come home soon? And, and um, yeah. I, I want it to be God's house. You know, I've, I've been put into a situation where I say, yes, please, Lord, um, come home. This is this is your house. I'm in a situation where I'm reminded and uh, gracefully set free of, of the perception that it's mine or I'm in control. Look at all these um, foreshadowing notes here for when we should be looking for God. I mean— uh, the evening and midnight, especially cockcrow, cockcrow. <laughs> that's gonna no spoiler alert, but uh, that's gonna come up soon. But <laughs> the hopelessness that that the apostles felt on that Good Friday into onto Saturday, and how they weren't, you know, they they were not being vigilant, mm. right? And Jesus is giving them their homework right before, right? Yeah. He gives them, yeah. and but but you know, if there's any time, if there's any season when we you know, it kind of feels like my whole life is Lent right now. You know, my whole <laughs> life is, it really feels like the whole world is liturgical at this point where we're really, we're really getting in touch with the brokenness of the world. And yeah, I guess keep track of your homework from Jesus here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I uh, listened to the song, Jesus Christ is risen today a little while ago. And, uh, um, I can't believe how good that made me feel. Uh, it was just uh, like, wow, we need Easter. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one that has the A word right after that, right? That's Yeah, but we don't have the tradition here of hiding that. So. Oh, okay. So. A little Episcopal. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I can bleep you out if you <laughs> <laughs> Say it if you need to. That's what I say in my congregation. Yeah.
You know, obviously some people have lived longer than others. Have there been times when you think or thought that the world was coming to an end? Yeah, I like that because that pulls on a, a bigger narrative, both in our history, but also in scripture. You know, where have you seen this before and yeah. how does God carry us through that? I think a question I would have is sort of connecting the, the beginning and the end here. You know, you have the destruction of the temple, and as we're displaced from our houses of worship, we're used to seeing God or feeling God at church. So what? where are we seeing God and, and, and experiencing God outside of church? And and I, a question I would ask is, um, you know, where... Where, you know, what's a weird time to expect to see God? Because that's usually when God's going to show up. You know, what's the thing of a weird thing of the, the least likely place? It doesn't have to be like an extremely dire situation or dramatic situation, but an ordinary time. You know, one of these ordinary times where you just pause your day and when you least expect and say, oh, I think God might be here. You know, when you're when you're turning on. ESPN or something, you know, it's something where it's just, you know, God, God promises to show up when we least expect it. So where is that in your week this week? You know, the thought that immediately came to my mind when you said that is we live right next to this little pond and the same Canadian geese come back to it every year. And so I'm reading this closing, uh, uh, watch out for the Lord in the evening or at midnight or at cock crow or at dawn. And I'm thinking, it's mating season for these Canadian geese, and they're waking me up at 3 in the morning. So the next time I hear their mating call, I'm going to think, is that you, Lord? <laughs> exactly. Or at evening or at midnight or at goose honk, right? Maybe instead of cockroach. Exactly. Maybe just a little bit of a twist on that. Where, where are you finding hope today? Mm-hmm. What places um, bring bring you hope, or what are you hearing that that brings you hope? 